the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. They were the forerunner to the kings. They were judges. We're looking at those judges out of the book of Judges here on Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stan. Today, Othniel, a bride, a business, a battle, and a blessing. Join us. Coming to you from Grace Bible Church right here in Hayward, this is Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stand. Welcome to the program. Recently, we began a journey through the book of Judges, taking a look at all of the judges that are listed for us, learning about this unique system of rule, government, and why God instituted it, and how it went from judges to kings. Then, of course, what is the significance of these judges as it relates to Jesus? We're looking at Othniel today. Join us. Here's Pastor Jesse with today's broadcast, Way of Grace. Every time the children of Israel rebelled against God, he gave them over to their lovers. And that's what we're dealing with right now in our text. But Othniel, first and foremost, God raises up because Othniel is a godly man. We already have dealt with his lineage. Othniel was just like his uncle Caleb. I mean, here the land is a mighty land. It is a terrible land. And the battle on the part of Othniel to fight really could have cost him his life. Here is where he is a great type of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because Christ had to fight a battle to obtain his bride. Did he not? The Bible says greater love hath no man than this than that he laid down his life for his friend. And didn't the Bible tell us in Ephesians 5.25 that Christ loved us and gave himself for us in order that he might have a bride without spot and wrinkle. When you think about Christ as your savior, then understand he went through a fight to purchase you as his bride. Herein, Othniel is speaking to us of that glorious truth. That's uh, sub point A. He laid down his life. Anytime you're talking about going to war, just war, any kind of war, you are now putting your life on the line. Are you not? There is some integrity in that. That really is one of the qualifications of being a good man. I'm going to talk about that here in a minute when we get to Othniel's wife. Because again, they're the model. You're not going to see these requisites in any of the other judges. So God lays them out first. What kind of men do you want governing the church? Faithful men. Faithful men who obey the word of God, who have a pattern of life that's already clearly demonstrated among the people of God, who the leadership, the elders can actually conscientiously commend to occupy a position of authority in the church. Am I making sense? who obey the word of the living God. Now, there is no better way for you to become a good man than to get married. Here we go, here we go, here we go. 
Here we go. So God takes all of those bizarre bio, uh, 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 neuro-linguistic chemicals that are running around in your body and, and uh, move you into those dimensions where you become the playboy that you are. And the playboy that you are draws the female that you do. It's a mystery how a woman can love a man. It's a mystery how a man can love a woman. But if you're going to be a real alpha male, you got to be like Christ. You got to have a good woman. Got to have a good woman. So obviously, Othniel knew something about Sister Oxa. I mean, you got to love her to have a name like that anyway, Oxa. <laughs> All right, I can unpack that name too, I'm just saying. Now, so, so a lot of what's going on strategically is actually within the family parameters. So this is about relationships where when you get married, you are not operating out of your own autonomy. Way too much in our present generation, folk talk about getting married, and it amazes me how they think marriage is all about them. Right, like the girl will think marriage is all about her. Sorry, it's not. The boy will think marriage is all about them. Sorry, it's not. Marriage is about God. And marriage is about family. So you don't get to get married without a real consideration of the family connection. Because when two people marry, families are marrying. Not just those two people. And when those two people are talking about being married, what they're talking about doing is serving their families. You're serving your family. When Christ married the church, he was serving the family. He got the approval of his daddy. In fact, his daddy brought the bride to him. Am I making some sense? You see how jacked up we are in our, in our day with a whole lot of the methodology that's going on? Can I teach today? Can I teach? Because it's really clear Othniel is a great model because he submitted to the inheritance given to him both by lineage and by practice because Caleb, his uncle, was a great man. That means uh, Othniel's daddy was a great man, too, because they're all part of taking the land. They're all part of embracing the inheritance. They're all part of holding God as their highest thought. Do you guys hear what I'm saying? And so Othniel is laying down his life for his bride. And when the text here says he took it, please understand he took it by faith. This is how the Hebrew writer puts it. Hebrews chapter 1133, just in case you don't have the implications in yourself. I love this stuff. Listen how the inspired writer of the Hebrews describe Israel taking their inheritance. In this context, he did what the Hebrew writer says, who through faith did what? subdued kingdoms. Do you see that? <coughs> subdued kingdoms. Now, that's exactly what Othniel is doing, is he not? There's a kingdom there. It's already established. It already has a rule. And Othniel, for his bride, has to do what? Subdue that kingdom. This is a marriage motif, is it not? It's a marriage motif. Othniel has to subdue that kingdom, and by it, he wrought righteousness, and therefore what? obtain the promise. Now, this next one is going to move into people like Daniel and others who are thrown into lion's den. Now, you see what I mean about the fight of faith? Do y'all see it now? Do you see that faith is not some easy primrose walk into glory? No, you're fighting all the way. You're fighting all the way. And so he wrought faith. He, uh, through faith, he subdued kingdoms. So we know that Othniel is a man of God. Uh, and so that's uh, subpoint so uh, B. Finally, subpoint C. Therefore, he obtained a what? So under point number one, a bride to be acquired 
He laid down his life. He took the kingdom by faith. It means he subdued the kingdom. He captured the kingdom. He seized the kingdom. He apprehended the kingdom. And all of these strategic warfare components that goes into taking the land, destroying the enemies, extirpating everything that's contrary to God, and reestablishing the flag of the gospel in that territory. Did y'all get that? Right, because if you want to, you can just overgeneralize faith and, re- and, 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 and lose out in the battle yourself. Whatever inheritance God is calling you to, you may have to subdue it. And if you subdue it, that means you got to fight. And if you're going to fight, there are things you're going to have to take down and move out in order to plant the flag of the gospel in that place. And then you're going to have to raise a family that's going to have to be a warrior family too in order for that flag to stay there so that the enemy doesn't come back, remove that flag, bring you into captivity, establish that former flag, which is what's going on in my nation right now. It's going on right now in my nation. Right now. Subpoint C, he obtained a bride. Boy, this is something else. I got to thinking about in the Bible how hard it is to get a wife. Like, whoa. The first brother that got a wife, he had to go under an operation. The, the Lord had to put him to sleep. And then he did one of them serious operations, Brother Matt, that he could have died from. He cut that boy wide open and had to take part of his body which was nearest to his heart. This is, not no, this is not a small thing, ladies and gentlemen. Right, so, and, and I want you to know that God snuck up on Adam on that one, okay? I'm gonna just let you know, because Adam didn't wake up one day saying, Lord, I need a wife. He did not. That was God's idea. So he let that boy eat a whole bunch of fruit because he couldn't eat meat at that time. He ate a whole bunch of fruit and vegetables and went into a deep sleep. And then God put the anesthesia on him because God is the actual operator. God is the doctor. He did that first work of what is called in Colossians, the operation of faith, where he took out of Adam, which was that which was already in Adam because he had already made them twain and he had to separate them in order to establish their individuation in order to bring them back together again under covenant so they could bear fruit unto God. Y'all know that I taught y'all that, have I not? I taught y'all that, right? (laughs) God took Adam out and then the brother woke up. It was a good thing she was cute. Right? Because, you know, I mean, it's on now. He never seen a thing like that in his life. And he just, he, he opens his eyes. He goes, whoa, man. See, then all of the neurotransmissional, hormonal dynamics start kicking all in. He said, okay, I can work with this. But he had to heal first. He had to heal first. And then the next time we... <laughs> Next, next time we're dealing with this, is crazy, you guys. It was crazy. Our brother Isaac, he, he didn't ask for a wife either, but his daddy knew this was a family affair. So he took a big part of Isaac's inheritance. If y'all remember, right, Eliezer, his servant, uh, uh, a type of the Holy Ghost, had to go hunt, 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 hunt him down a bride, right? He who finds a wife finds a what? That's what the Bible says. Oh, 
Anyhow, I know we got some issues going on here today. But the Holy Ghost goes hunt down, goes hunt down, goes hunt down the exact woman that Abraham had told him to look for. This, again, is our patrological study on Tuesdays and Fridays. God is the first point of all things. The Father is running the show. Do you all understand that? He seeks out a bride for his son. Isaac don't even know. Daddy then took about two-thirds of the inheritance and given it to Rebecca before Rebecca even shows up. Y'all know how that went? When that brother runs up on her and realizes that providence has worked out, he put rings on her and necklaces and jewelry all over. By the time she went home and her brothers and sisters saw her coming and all that stuff was flashing, did she get married yet? No, but she was engaged to be married. Because she met the qualifications. So you see, Isaac had to give up his riches for that bride. Do you see that? Another brother had to actually give up a whole lot. And that was Jacob. Jacob set his eyes on Rachel. <laughs> and the next thing you know, that brother working 14 years. <laughs> He don't even get to get it until the first seven years is up. And, and Laban told him, you got to still work 14 more years because he snuck and gave her Leah. I'm glad he did. I wish I had time because I love me some Leah. He snuck and gave her Leah. He said, but I'll give you Rachel too. I know that's the one you really want. Just work for me another 14 years. His love for Rachel was such that those 14 years were nothing. But do you see these are all pictures of the cost that Christ had to pay to purchase his bride. But it's also a call to men to hold to those qualities and standards of sacrifice. As I taught you ladies, your job is to submit to love, not to a tyrant. Did y'all get that? Your job is to submit to love. And men are called as alpha males to demonstrate that in sacrificing their lives. So that's our first point in terms of our judging. So I'll just say this because I got it in my notes. I'm just going to say it, ladies, because if y'all don't know, pastor, pastor is even handed. I'm an equal opportunity employer. (laughs) Ladies, if you acquire a good man, it will expose you for what you are. Because you can make him better or you can make him worse. You will see his flaws in ways no one else will. And if you focus on them and exploit them, you will limit his greatness. That is in your power to do. But if you will not be a good woman while living in the reality of grace with a man who is flawed, you're going to actually miss out on what could potentially be not only a great marriage, but a great mission because marriage is a missional affair. Did y'all hear what I just stated? Right, so look, I'm just telling you now, Othniel is going to get down, get down, because he got a sister on his side that understands her agency and her arena. Look at it. It's the next verse. I just got to deal with it. Point number two. Point number two. Can we deal with it? Point number two. A business request. So when Othniel comes back, having taken the territory, and you know that wasn't five minutes. That took some time, didn't it? All right. So can y'all use some sanctified sense? So oxen know. If this brother don't don't get it done, I got to wait for somebody else. So she praying. 
that he wins every battle. She's praying that he destroys every foe. She's praying that his team of soldiers advance to the point of seizing, capturing, capturing, and definitively establishing the flag of righteousness because she knows his victory is her victory. Did y'all get that? She knows his triumph is her triumph. And his loss would be her loss too. She owns it. And boy, you know, that was a happy day when that brother came back home and says, I got the land. I got the land. And she was saying in her heart, we got the land. We got the land. <laughs> Hallelujah. We, we got the land. You know, she was going through the house praising and worshiping God. We got the land. <laughs> Woo. Point number two, a business request. So this did not... This, this didn't take long at all. This one didn't take long at all. The text tells us back in Judges uh, chapter 1, verse 13, Othniel, the son of Caleb's younger brother, took it, and he gave him, that is Caleb, gave uh, Othniel, uh, Oxa, his daughter, to wife. Verse 14, and it came to pass when she came to him, that is, uh, Oxa came to Othniel, that she moved him to ask her father for a field. Do you see that? Right. Now, I, I love this, won't go into it deeply, but as much as Oxa is the wife of uh, Othniel, they both are still honoring the hierarchy. They're still honoring the hierarchy. Y'all got time for me? Which means when you got a good godly family, that is the product of a good godly family, you don't cut yourself up from, off from that hierarchy. You get all the wisdom you can. You get all the understanding you can. That hierarchy has experience you don't have. They got skill sets you don't have. But in this case, she wasn't worried about skill sets and wisdom. Her daddy had some stuff she wanted. So she hurried up and said, honey, I need you to go ask my daddy for the field. Well, he says, no, I'm not going to go ask your daddy for the field. I'm just like your daddy. If I need a feel, I will actually get a feel on my own. See, now she was testing him. This is where the problem comes in. This is where the problem comes in. She was testing him. Run up on daddy to get the, no. He says no, and therefore, guess what? She has to do it. So she does. She goes to daddy, and she asks for a feel. And I want you to see what she asks for. This is not a bad thing. Don't get this wrong. Not a bad thing. Caleb is living large. I tell my girls all the time, whatever you want, you can have. And they know I'm telling the truth. Because I love my daughters. Now, our sons already have everything that I have. Did y'all hear what I just stated? They already got it. My boys know all they got to do is lay back and nod their head like y'all nodding. Don't ever say this to daddy. Say that and you got everything daddy has. <laughs> Somebody will get that in a moment. Is that not a gospel paradigm? The son always does those things the father tells him to do. That's called a love relationship. And so uh, what we got going on here is a woman who has insights into the business of the family and she realizes she needs some resources. And I want you to see what those resources are. So it came to pass that she asked her father for a fill and she lighted off from her ass and Caleb said unto her, what will thou? That's her dad, right? What do you want? Love this. And she said unto him, give me a blessing. Ooh, that's huge, huge. Ask your heavenly father for a blessing. Give me a blessing. Now watch this. For you have given me a south land. So daddy had already carved out some land for his daughter. 
Now, y'all don't know y'all Bible that well. What that means is she's got valley land. She's got desert land. She's got a lot of land, but it's down in the valley. Now, she's a smart woman. She says, the same man that gave me that valley land, he got the hillside. Now, on the hillside is where all the rain comes. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. She said, Daddy, this is what I need. Since you gave me the land, I need some water now. Did you get that? I need some water. Give me also springs of water. And will you mark this? Caleb gave her the upper springs and the lower springs. From here on out, she can get her business done because now she has the water source to plant all her vineyards, all her grapes, all her vegetables, and run the house with the superfluous blessings that come from above. Y'all got that? There's a great deal of insight into that. In other words, she knows her domain. She knows her calling. The New Testament is clear that the woman is to run the household, to take care of the house, to have everything necessary for the house to be beautiful. Beautiful. And you got to ask your daddy for some help in that. Marry a good man who knows how to fight, but have a daddy that can give you that blessing. I'm going to share it with you right now briefly. Look with me at Psalm 128. We're going to read verses 1 through 6. I got a little time with you. I want you to uh, capture as we're dealing. Remember, the model we're laying out is that uh, Othniel is a savior, deliverer, judge motif of the New Testament model of being married, of having children, of him and his wife getting along great, of them having the capacity because they're walking in the will of God of expanding their kingdom, uh, their domain, and that domain being blessed. This is how it's described in Psalm 128. Blessed is everyone that fears the Lord and that walks in his ways. We know that to be true, don't we? All right, verse two. Here it is. For you shall eat the labor of your hands. That means you got to work. You want to eat? You got to work. No vagabonds in the kingdom of God. No pilfering in the kingdom of God. We all have gifts. We just got to identify our gifts, implement our gifts, and wait for God to bless those gifts. Am I making sense? There's no such thing as a slothful son that God honors. We're all called to be diligent. The diligent will bear rule. The sluggard will be under tribute. That's why my country is going down right now. And it shall be well with you. Happy is he... That is such, and it shall be well with you. Look at verse 3. Verse 3, your wife shall be as a fruitful vine. Do you see that? By the sides of your house. Does anybody understand what that means? First of all, a bunch of children. Do y'all see that? Because the vines is flowing out. Are they flowing out? Y'all understand? Do y'all see the pictures running all up on the side of the house and the fences and everywhere? Leaves and fruit. Do you see what I'm saying, sis? All over the place. That's the woman. That's the cultivating labor of the wife around the house. The house just not concrete and glass windows. We got plants everywhere because they represent organic life. They represent the touch of a woman. Does that make some sense? And God says, I'm going to bless that so that it spreads. And so that when people come from afar, they see not only your estate, but the glory of both that which we have seen in the scriptures as that which is physical and that which is organic. Do you know the temple of the living God is filled with trees, filled with vines, 
filled with fruit because that's the metaphor. Heavenly things in conjunction with the organic elements of life. That is the hypostasis. That is the word made flesh. That is the true and the living God taking on our nature and amplifying it by his grace. All these are typical of how when we're doing the will of God right, God blesses us with that neo-creation motif or imagery of the Garden of Eden. Well, you are listening to Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stand from Grace Bible Church here in Hayward. Closing out our time together today, we invite you to reach out to us. Let us know how the program encourages you in your walk with Christ. Questions, comments, prayer requests are always welcome. You can either write to us, give us a call, or stop by our website and drop us an email. Now, the best place to go, of course, is the website. Not only will you be able to write to us via email, you'll be able to get more information about who we are, what we believe, worship times, how to get here. Grace-Bible.com is our website. Again, that's Grace-Bible.com. If you wish to give us a call, the number is 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. If you're writing to us, our address is 22768 Main Street. That's 22768 Main Street. Here in Hayward, the zip code, 94541. That's 22768 Main Street, Hayward, California, 94541. One final note as we close out our time today, this program is listener-supported. If you wish to partner with us, we would be more than grateful. This broadcast airs throughout the Bay Area, as well as online, impacting thousands for the sake of Christ. And that is our hope and our goal. If you'd like to partner with us along those lines, feel free to write or give us a call. No gift is too large, no gift too small, whether a one-time gift or a monthly support. You're more than welcome to reach out. We would love to partner with you as we minister the gospel of Jesus to the Bay Area and the World Wide Web. Thank you for spending time with us today. Until next time, may Christ be your way of grace. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.